Our journey to forgiving began last week as we were challenged to consider the burden of unforgiveness that we carry around and to lay down that burden at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. Our hearts were pricked by his words. Come to me, all who are weary, burdened, and I will give you rest. Some of you have begun to respond. You have felt the heaviness of the burden of unforgiveness and bitterness that you've been carrying around in your own lives. And you've begun to drag that burden to the foot of the cross. Some of you have left it there. And then leaving it have found a freedom and a joy that you've not known in a long, long time. I remind you again of the words I read last week from the Christian theologian and author Lewis Smeads who said this, To forgive is to set the prisoner free and to discover that the prisoner was you. This morning, we want to take a step beyond just laying the burden down and come to understand the blessings of forgiveness. And we want to look at those in two ways. First of all, the blessings of being forgiven by God. And secondly, the blessings of forgiving others. Let's consider that first one, the blessings of being forgiven by God. And as we do so, I want you to hear the words that Jesus spoke as he inaugurated his ministry. It's found in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 and following. And this is what it says. Jesus went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To release the oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is laying the groundwork for the mission for which he was sent. What I want you to notice is a couple of phrases out of verse 18. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to release the oppressed. The word freedom and to release, those words come from the same Greek word, aphesis, which means forgive. Let's consider it with those words plugged in. He has sent me to proclaim forgiveness for the prisoners, to forgive the oppressed. That's precisely what we've been talking about, being freed from this burden of bitterness and unforgiveness in our lives. This morning, I want to share with you, and let me tell you, the multitude of blessings that come from being forgiven by God, we could not list this morning. But I want to share three of those that, for me, floated to the surface almost immediately. And the first is this, inner peace. Martin Luther, who I guess we could call the standard bearer for the Protestant Reformation, said that forgiveness is pure happiness Our sin separates us from the love relationship that God wants with us. Our sin brings to us a a burden, a weight of guilt and, and remorse. 
In truth, our sin makes us God's adversary. In fact, the Bible in Romans chapter 5 says that apart from Christ, we are enemies with God. God transforms us, changes us from being an enemy into being not only a friend, but also his child. The Bible puts it this way, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That, my friends, is the reality. This is what we have to embrace if we're going to know the freedom and the joy that God has for us in being forgiven. We need to come to understand that you and I have peace with God. It is not something out there in the future. It is something we already have in Jesus Christ right now. In Christ Jesus, we are forgiven. Our sins have been dealt with, cast away as far as the east is from the west, buried at the bottom of the sea, never to be recovered. We have a security and a peace in Christ that nothing in this world can shatter or steal away from us. This is God's promise for us, an inner peace and inner security that comes with knowing beyond any doubt that you have been forgiven not because of what you have done, but because of what Christ has done for you. One of the first blessings of being forgiven is that we come to know that we are at peace with God. We are no longer at war with Him. We are no longer His enemies, but His children. The second blessing that flows from knowing that you're forgiven is eternal hope. Jesus said this, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. What an incredible promise. I've given them eternal life. No one's going to snatch it away. No one can take them out of my hand. Jesus promised his disciples, I'm going there, which is to heaven, to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. Jesus said, listen, I'm going to prepare a home. And here's my promise that I'll come back and get you and take you where I am. Those two scriptures taken together give us a great sense of hope for all eternity. Number one, that the salvation we have is secure in the hands of Jesus. And number two, that there is an eternity that he has in store for us, a place that he is building for us, and he promises to come back and get us. If you are forgiven in Christ Jesus then you can place your head on the pillow at night knowing that if you die before you wake, that you will be with God forever in heaven. What an incredible hope that is. No one can take it from you if you're willing to embrace the promises that Jesus gives. The third blessing of being forgiven by God that floated to the surface for me And this is a hard one for so many of us because we can understand we're at peace with God. We can understand that we have an eternal hope in heaven. But what we may not understand 
is that we have a new image. We have a new image. This is what the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Here's the problem. When you and I look in the mirror, it's very often the old creature we see looking back at us. And it doesn't help that we have an adversary, Satan himself, who is quick to remind us of who we used to be. Quick to remind us of what we did yesterday, last night. Quick to remind us of how easily we stumble into sin. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are willing to join him in that chorus. The blessing of being forgiven is that we are new. Not that we will be new, but that we are new. And when we embrace this image, when we embrace this truth that we have a new image in Christ Jesus, then our lives begin to change and we begin to make our decisions based on a totally different set of criteria. No longer on trying to earn God's love, no longer on trying to make God happy with us, no longer trying to make God love us. We begin to live in that love relationship with Him, knowing that He already loves us. He has already given us these promises that He will not revoke from us, and that God's view of us is not what Satan keeps whispering in our ear, and it's not what other people keep saying about us. Now, we could spend the entire time talking about what it is that God says about us, but I want to point out just a few things that God says about you that you need to embrace if you want to live in this new image in Christ Jesus. The first is that you are his child. You are God's child. There's some scripture references that are up here that are also in your bulletin. I didn't fill them out because I want to encourage you as your homework to look them up. Don't just trust me. Go find out what God says about you. He says you are his child. Now, do children sometimes disappoint their parents? Absolutely. I may be the only child who never disappointed his parents. I hope my mother doesn't listen to this on the Internet. No, I was disappointing too. We all disappoint our parents. Your children disappoint you. Your grandchildren disappoint you. But they never stop being yours. And in our walk with Christ, we are his children. We never stop being his. We need to understand that, embrace that, live in that relationship as God's child. The Bible says that we were chosen by God. God handpicked you. Now, I'm not sure why, but he knows. Isn't it incredible to know that God picked you, that God chose you, That you are special to Him and He wanted you to live in relationship with Him? A third thing that we find out is that you are forgiven. You are forgiven. Your sins have been wiped away. What an incredible promise that is. What a a new image that we have in our minds of ourselves, not as, as poor, measly worms of sinners, but as God's children who are in His sight clean through Jesus Christ. God also says of us that you are His temple. He would no longer live in buildings made with human hands, but God instead chooses to live in us. You are the temple of God. And a final thing that 
God says of us is that you are his masterpiece. You are his workmanship, his craftsmanship. Now let me ask you a question. If when you looked in the mirror in the morning, you saw yourself as God's child, someone God chose, you saw yourself as forgiven, as where God has chosen to dwell, and you saw yourself as God's masterpiece, do you think that that might change the way you go through your day? That is one of the blessings of being forgiven, is that we have a new image in Christ Jesus. This is not just self-talk. This is not just trying to pump yourself up to go face the day. What you're doing is agreeing with what God has already said about you in Christ Jesus. Now, those are just three of the blessings to being forgiven by God. Maybe in your time this afternoon or during the week as you review this message, you want to go down and write down some of the other blessings that you can think of, of being forgiven by God. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to fill up a piece of paper without a problem. But we not only want to focus this morning on the blessings of being forgiven, but also on the blessings of forgiving others. Forgiving others, though, may seem more like a chore than a blessing. (laughs) A real challenge. If you remember last week, we did talk about the negative effects of carrying around unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart, how it affects you physically, how it affects you emotionally, how it affects you mentally even, and how it affects the relationships that you have in your life. But there are blessings to laying down those burdens those heavy ba- that heavy baggage that you carried with you of bitterness and unforgiveness. Some of those blessings would include a real peace, just a sense of calm and contentment in Christ. It may include a, a great sense of freedom and release. My chains are gone. I've been set free, not only because God has forgiven me, but because I'm refusing to shackle myself to those burdens. I'm refusing to shackle myself to that unforgiveness. I'm set free from it. I don't have to live that way. There's also a satisfaction in knowing that you are in the will of God. There's a great sense of joy when you know that you are where God wants you to be. And since God calls us to forgive others as he has forgiven us, then we know that for us, God intends that we forgive Following that, living in that, can bring a great sense of of relief. But the biggest joy for me in forgiving others is joy itself. There is joy in forgiving others. Now, we need to talk about what joy isn't. (laughs) Joy is not an emotion. Joy is not something that is dependent upon our day-to-day circumstances in order for us to have joy. We can have an emotional state of happiness that can be a byproduct of joy, but happiness in that sense, happiness in the sense of something when things go well, we're happy, when things don't go so well, we're unhappy, that's not what we're talking about. When it comes to joy, biblical joy, it is something that lasts regardless of what our circumstances are in life. Joy is, in fact, a fruit produced by the Holy Spirit. Joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit listed in Galatians chapter 5. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and on and on. 
It is something that the Holy Spirit produces in us. It is that state or that sense of satisfaction and contentment we experience from being in right relationship to God. Knowing that we are forgiven, knowing that we are His, knowing that our salvation is not tied to how we feel or what we do, but is anchored in the love, grace, and mercy of a God. And all that love, grace, and mercy are boundless, endless, and free. But we dare not forget that our close fellowship with God and the joy that comes from it is also tied to our relationship with others. In 1 John chapter 4, we read these words, If anyone says, I love God, and yet he hates his brother, he's a liar. Our relationship with God is not something that is not tied in any way to our relationships with others. Remember, Jesus tied them together when he was asked the greatest commandment. He said the first and greatest is that you love God with all you've got. But the second, like it, fitting in with it, is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Our relationship to others is tied to our willingness or our unwillingness to forgive them. When you choose to forgive, it doesn't mean that you forget the pain. When you choose to forgive, it doesn't mean you pretend that you weren't ever hurt. When you choose to forgive, it doesn't mean that you fully trust them again. Forgiving is releasing the pain into the hands of God. Forgiving is releasing your right to vengeance, getting even. Forgiveness is releasing the baggage and the burden of your bitterness. And when we're able to lay it down at the foot of the cross, we can walk away with joy, real joy, true joy in our lives. As I was preparing for this message, I found an online survey done by Michael Zigarelli. It was called the Christian Character Index. And in it, he compared Christians who reported being consistently joyful to those who reported having less joy in their lives. Again, this is based on the people's perceptions of their own, on their own Christian lives. And in, so, in doing so, he identified four catalysts, four things that produce joy in the Christian life. The first was a feeling of being forgiven. The second was forgiving others. The third was a feeling of life purpose. And the fourth was a strong sense of gratitude. And what he said was that these are four things that produce joy in the Christian life. Now, I want to tell you that my outline came before I saw this survey. I didn't look at that and go, hey, that'd make a good sermon. Do you notice the top two? Joy producers, a feeling of being forgiven and forgiving others. Those are the two catalysts, the two things that in our Christian lives produce more joy. Feeling forgiven and forgiving. Robert Enright, a psychologist and professor, provided a great definition of forgiveness in his book, Exploring Forgiveness. He said this, forgiveness is a willingness to abandon one's right to resentment, negative judgment, and indifferent behavior toward one who unjustly hurts us while fostering the undeserved qualities of compassion, generosity, and even love towards him or her. You see, God calls us to forgive. And God calls us to joy. What we need to understand is the two go hand in hand. They're not two separate calls. 
For in forgiving we find joy. If we choose to hold on to what we feel is our right to get even, if we choose to hold on to that resentment, and sometimes we treat it like a pet, it is ours. We earned that pain. We earn the right to hold bitterness and resentment in our hearts. We earn that. We're not going to let it go very easily. When we want to hold on to attitudes that we know are ungodly. Have you, ever, have you ever done anything and you knew, I shouldn't be doing this, but you did it anyway? When we choose to hold on to that, then what we're doing is we're not only rejecting God's call for us to forgive others, we are also forsaking and rejecting the joy that He wants to put in your life. God is a joy for you that is just sapped away when we refuse to get on the page with Him and forgive others. Professor and author Everett Worthington writes that You can't hurt the perpetrator by not forgiving, but you can set yourself free by forgiving. Isn't it amazing? We feel that if if I don't forgive that person, somehow I'm hurting them. When in fact what we're doing is hurting ourselves and putting ourselves in bondage. If you choose not to forgive, and you can choose that, then you're choosing to carry the heavy burden of resentment, and remain in bondage to feeling like a victim. If you choose to forgive, you're trusting God with the pain. You're trusting Him to balance the scales in His time. And you're trusting Him to enable you to do what seems impossible to do. In fact, next week, we want to look at supernatural forgiveness. Because I know that there are some of you here this morning who would love to bring your baggage. You'd love to bring your burden. You'd love to bring the bitterness and the unforgiveness in your life and put it right here. But you don't know how it's possible. You hurt so badly. You've been wounded so deeply that unforgiveness seems utterly and completely impossible. There's no way to cover all of this in three messages. As a matter of fact, I was talking to Tom Earl this morning. He said, maybe we should have it be six. Because when we're talking about forgiveness and unforgiving, it's a huge deal. And so what I wanted us to do was not to try to hit it and go, but I wanted us together to get our feet on a path, a journey toward forgiveness. We know that it's bad for us to hold on to bitterness, to hold on to unforgiveness. And we've discovered today that there are real blessings in not only being forgiven by God, but there are real blessings in forgiving others. For me, at least, the ultimate in that is the joy that comes when you release the burden and walk away free. For you, it may be something else that's on the top of your list would be the greatest blessing of forgiving others. But you see, God didn't call us to be a captive to anything. In fact, in Galatians chapter 5, we read these words. Would you let God emblazon these on your heart and mind? It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. 
Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. There are so many things in this world that want to enslave you, to chain you down, to burden you. Holding on to unforgiveness and the bitterness that comes with it are some of the heaviest chains you will ever carry in your life. Today, Jesus invites you to freedom and joy.